What is up, everybody? What is going on? And welcome to the latest installment of the Man Cave Huddle. Yes, indeedy. And today we have a special episode where we're going to talk about NBA free agency. Eh. Okay, as the music fades out, let's talk about NBA free agency, where a lot of guys went from, I don't have a job, to pretty much saying, I'm a new millionaire once again. Just Let's just get it straight. Over this past period, where free agency technically started, I would say Sunday at 6 o'clock, there's been projected, because these deals aren't official, over $3 billion in some in some contracts that will be signed. Now, the free agency period started Sunday at 3 o'clock, and there is what is a moratorium until July 6th. What is the NBA moratorium? This is why you listen to the Man Cave Huddle, because you don't get this stuff everywhere else. I'm trying to tell you. What it is, for the most part, contracts can't be signed during the negotiation period between June 30th and July 6th. The reason why is presumably to put in place the ability to allow both the players and the teams to fully think through if this is what they really want to do before putting the pen to paper and signing the contract. Now, there are specific exemptions where, you know, things can happen, but I'm going to tell you guys where the top free agents went. And, you know, they talk about tampering, how you're not allowed to talk to specific players until the draft agency specifically, you know, until the draft, the free agency has technically begun. Isn't it ironic how before free agency starts, information starts leaking about, about where all these guys are going, the teams that are signing them and the money that they're signing. What a joke. Anywho, I'm going to tell you um, some of the, the top players that put their pen to paper. Well, they didn't put their pen to paper, but decided to make a decision on where they're going to play next year. Two of the top guys were Mr. Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, who will both be taking their talents to Brooklyn, New York. That's right. The Brooklyn Nets have signed, reported, this is all reportedly, until it becomes official after the moratorium period. So this is all allegedly, but both parties have all, they all agreed. It's just literally putting a pen to paper. But Kyrie Irving reportedly has agreed to a four-year, $141 million deal. Durant has agreed, reportedly, to a four-year, $164 million deal. And you want me to show you how much of a good guy, cool guy Kyrie Irving is? He took less money so that they could have money the Nets I'm speaking about, on the outside so they could, uh, so they could, which they did, sign DeAndre Jordan to a four-year, $40 million deal. So all of a sudden now, the Nets have Durant, Irving, and Jordan. That's pretty nice with everything else that they had going on. Because when you look at that roster, last year, I mean, they had a whole bunch of players that were good but no major number ones. I mean, you had Karis DeVert. You had Jared Allen, Spencer Dinwiddie, Joe Harris, Demari Carroll, Ed Davis, Rondé Hollis-Jefferson, Shabazz Napier, Theo Pinson, Jared Dudley. Now you throw in a Kyrie Irving, 
Durant isn't going to be there, but in two years, best be ready. Brooklyn is going to be one of those teams that's going to be up there in terms of they could potentially play for NBA title. D'Angelo Russell, formerly of the Brooklyn Nets, has allegedly, reportedly signed with the Golden State Warriors. That's right. Um, D'Angelo Russell reportedly is going to agree to a four-year deal with the Golden State Warriors worth $117 million. Many people thought that he was going to go to the L.A. Lakers, maybe have a reunion. Reports were leaking out that, you know, Magic wanted to set up a meeting. The Lakers reached out to his management and wanted to set up a meeting to have D'Angelo join Anthony Davis along with LeBron James. But now, if you want to look at the Golden State Warriors in their projected depth chart next year, you're looking at Steph Curry. You're looking at Quinn Cook. D'Angelo... Um, as the other guard starting, Draymond Green and Jordan Bell. Andre Iguodala was traded. Yes, Iggy was traded to the Memphis Grizzlies, looking like his deal will be bought out and he will be an impending free agent. Shocking, but not shocking. Shocking in that he's such a player that was part of the fabric of that team that throughout their five-year championship run, he he was the seasoned and grizzled veteran. But this is me and my opinion only. He went on the Breakfast Club here in New York and said some things about management, said some things about former coaches that wasn't that great, and now he's traded. That's all I'm going to say about that. Other key players that have moved on from the team that they were on, uh, Kemba Walker. Yes, seemed as though that the Charlotte Hornets did not want to give Kemba a max deal. So he said, I'm taking my talents to Beantown, where he signed a four-year, $141 million deal. Clay Thompson, although he's not going to play next year with his torn Achilles that he suffered in the NBA championship, uh, he's uh, reportedly going to agree to a four-year, $190 million deal. Christapis Porzingis, former forward of the New York Knicks, five-year, $158 million. Jimmy Buckets Butler has reportedly signed a four-year, $142 million deal with the Miami Heat. That's a, that's a nice situation because I don't think Butler, his talent he's not the I'm going to stand in the corner or just be the third option, which I think he was on the 76ers. Now as the number one and or the main guy, I don't know if he could take the heat to the NBA Finals nor maybe deep in the playoffs, but I do feel with the roster of Goran Dragic, Justice Winslow, Deion Waiters, uh, Bam Adebayo, James Johnson. With the with guy, you know, you got Hassan Whiteside, and then you throw in um, Jimmy Butler. I think that's a team that can make some noise, make it to the playoffs. I don't know how much postseason noise they can make, but what you're basically seeing right now is is Jimmy Butler is a Dwayne Wade replacement. Is he as good as Dwayne Wade? No, but. He's kind of similar to Dwayne Wade in that he's a two-way player, can shoot the three and defend 
on the perimeter. And that's what you need nowadays to win. He's not a, as great as Wade is, but he's a pretty nice replacement to have the Miami Heat still being a competitive contending team next year. Whereas his teammate for a short period of time, Tobias Harris, decided to re-up with the 76ers as he reportedly agreed to a five-year, $180 million deal. Chris Middleton, I was scared for a minute where he opted out of his deal with the Bucks, thinking he was going to go somewhere else. But that was just so he could opt back in so he could get his five-year, $178 million deal with the Milwaukee Bucks. Now, the Milwaukee Bucks, they did lose uh, Malcolm Brogdon. Malcolm Brogdon chose to um, go to the Indiana Pacers for $85 million over four years. Now, when you look at the Milwaukee Bucks, Brogdon was a piece. I don't want to say he was the key piece. Obviously, you have the Greek freak, Giannis, as the main guy there. But now, when you look at that roster... Um, you got you have Eric Bledsoe. They have to bring back George Hill at the point guard position to just solidify the depth as well as what you have going on there. And, you know, Brooke Lopez has resigned also with the Milwaukee Bucks. So now you're looking at Giannis, Middleton, Eric Bledsoe. Nikola Mirotic, he literally didn't retire. He's literally taking his talents to Europe and decided to go back to Europe. So I'm thinking... Either they sign George Hill and you could have George Hill and Eric Blesso in your backcourt, or you could just go with Pat Cunningham, um, Pat Canaton. I'm sorry if I'm like massacring this guy's name, but they also had Dante DiVincenzo as somebody that can also play in that backcourt. So I think the Milwaukee Bucks, it's a loss for them in that Brogdon was a really good two-way player, made tough shots, key shots, could hit free throws, but he took his talents to Indiana. And look out for Indiana next year because now they also got another guy that is a, a um sharpshooter they got um boy bojan bogdanovich you know how i feel about them itches they all could shoot threes and he agreed to a four-year 73 million dollar deal to leave indiana to go to the utah jazz jazz look out for the jazz next year but when, with, with the let's talk about the pacers for a second now i mean they need a point guard because darren collison retired but now you're throwing in Victor Oladipo, who's going to be back from injury. They lost Bogdanovich, and they lost Thaddeus Young to Chicago Bulls, but they have Miles Turner, Wesley Matthews on that team. And that's also, I, I did say they got Brogdon. This is a team last year where I thought it was all about how far they could go with Victor Oladipo. And with him suffering his injury that he did early on in the season, I thought that team was going to collapse. But they didn't. It had a very competitive season going 48-34. and 34. So now off of that team knowing they could win without Victor, adding Brogdon, bringing back Oladipo, they have to show up that point guard or that backcourt position. I don't want to say point guard. At that backcourt position, I think the Indiana Pacers could not lose, but maybe actually be a little bit better next year. But let's talk about this Utah Jazz. They got boy, they got Bogdanovich. Now, this is a team last year, I don't want to say came out of nowhere, but this team I think is really making a push at trying to make the NBA Finals because with the loss that the Warriors had, everybody knows that next year, I hate to say it if you're a Warriors fan, you're not going back to the NBA Finals next year. 
So in saying that, this is a year where I think a lot of NBA teams feel like they can make a legit run. And I think the Jazz are really loading up to make a legit run at the NBA title. I mean, they traded to acquire Mike Conley. They have Donovan Mitchell, Joe Inglis. Derek Favors has left, but you still have Defensive Player of the Year at Rudy Gobert. And then you're adding in Bogdanovich. Ricky Rubio has left, but when you look at that starting five, they got to work on their depth, but that starting five right there is pretty darn competitive. And off a team that went 50-32 and 32 last year to make the additions that they have, look out for the Utah Jazz as one of the teams, along with obviously the Lakers, to make a run at the Western Conference Finals, if not the NBA Finals. Because I think next year is going to be the year where it's going to be parity, where any team that is actually talented enough could make the finals and potentially win. The Lakers next year is going to be a must win for them because in two years, look out for Brooklyn. They're going to have Kyrie. They're going to have Durant. How do you know they're not going to improve on the roster that they already have? Or who knows, maybe next summer a a pending free agent might want to join that team, right? Let's continue. Nikolai Vucevic, you know how I feel about my itches. He agreed with Orlando for or to re-up with Orlando for a four-year hundred million dollars. I mean, could you what's that like a hundred? You're already a millionaire, and then these guys are getting hundred million dollar deals, man. Like when the July 6th comes, I mean, I just want to know what like what do you do when you sign that contract? Do you just go to the mall and buy yourself a fresh pair of sneakers? Maybe say, babe, let's go out to a nice restaurant. Oh my goodness. Anyway. <clears throat> I already said D'Angelo Russell is going to um, Golden State. J.J. Redick has left the Philly 76ers and will reportedly agree to a two-year, $26.5 million deal with the Pelicans. Now, when we talk about all these teams making a run next year at legitimately trying to win an NBA title, I'm not saying this team is going to win an NBA title, but all I'm saying is look out for real, for the Pelicans. Because when you look at, you could, they're going to have a starting lineup of Lonzo Ball, Drew Holiday, Brandon Ingram, Zion Williamson, and Jaleel Okafor. And they're coming off the bench. You're going to have J.J. Redick, Josh Hart. You got Etuan Moore. You got Christian Wood, Jackson Hayes. Now you're looking at, they have inside and outside. They got guys that can shoot on the perimeter that's going to create spacing for Zion Williamson to get busy in the middle. You got guys like Brandon Ingram defensively that are long and strong and can defend on the perimeter and play inside. I don't know if they could win the title next year. I doubt it. But this is a team that it should be on people's radar to look out for because they are primed to have a very, very interesting season. Al Horford, this surprised me. Not that he left the Celtics, but he went to the Celtics' enemy and he reportedly agreed to a four-year, yes, a $100 million deal with the 76ers. That, to me, was, that's an eye-opener in that he knows what this, the, the Celtics have. He had to, the Celtics had to tell him, look, we're bringing in Kemba Walker, so we replaced Kyrie Irving. But to still leave the Celtics, that leads me to believe one of two things. A, he wanted to get paid and the Celtics didn't want to pay him. Or B, 
Maybe it just wasn't Kyrie that was creating all the drama and the problems that had transpired with the Celtics, and he just didn't want to be a part of it. And he felt like the Sixers are on the cusp, if not there, and with the addition of himself, that is a team that could be very competitive next year. We'll see with the 76ers. Julius Randle. I mean, he didn't get a $100 million deal, but he's going to the Knicks on a three-year $63 million deal. I mean, look, the Knicks fans, you know, you got Stephen A. Smith. Everybody was hyped about the opportunity of what if they get Zion Williamson with the number one overall pick? What if they get Kyrie? What if they get Durant? And then you're hearing rumblings. These guys are definitely going to the Knicks in terms of Kyrie, Durant. And then if they and then they lost the opportunity of getting Zion. So now you're thinking, all right, they're gonna have Zion. They're not gonna have Zion, but they'll definitely get Kyrie. They'll definitely get Durant. And they got nothing. 0 for 3 on those guys. And they got Julius Randle, who's not a bad player. It's just not who you wanted. And they also acquired Taj Gibson. Solid player, building block bridge player. But when you look at the Knicks, look, I think they wanted or felt like they were being sold a bag of goods and that they were going to be the team to beat with these free agents, and it didn't happen. And when you look at the roster now, it's not like it's barren or devoid of talent. They they have Dennis Smith Jr. You drafted R.J. Barrett. Kevin Knox in the second year should show improvement. There's Noah Vonley and Mitchell Robinson, who many feel like was a very improved player and could have won the most improved player and was in the running for defensive player of the year. Now you 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 throw you sprinkle in Taj Gibson, you sprinkle in Julius Randle. Now you have a post presence. You have a lot Emmanuel Moutier, Alonzo Trier. I'm not saying that this team is going to be a team that's going to go to the playoffs. But it's not like, who are these guys? These guys could be competitive. They could be better than the 17 wins that they had last year. It's just, like I've been talking to people about the Giants. Don't listen to what management is saying. Watch what management is doing. Because with the Giants, for years and years and years and years, they're telling you they're going to be competitive. This is the year. They're going to go and do this. We're going to go and do that. And it's the same old thing. Where now they're telling you, we're not going to draft a quarterback. We feel that Eli could win. And then what do they do with the first pick? They draft a quarterback. So what I'm saying is, with the Knicks, you could see that they try to get these free agents, but these free agents don't want to come to the Knicks. And they're building the team through the draft and secondary level free agents. Julius Randle is not a bad player. Taj Gibson is not a bad player. Now, when you're sitting there saying, look, I want the equivalent of, you know, a Mercedes and a Lamborghini, and you wind up getting um, a Ford Taurus and a Honda Accord, those aren't bad cars. It's just not a Mercedes and Lamborghini. I get it. (laughs) But moving right along, um, you know, this one didn't surprise me, but it kind of did. When Harrison Barnes opted out, I really thought he was going to go to another team, but he didn't. It was one of those, I'm going to opt out and opt back in, and he signed a four-year, $85 million deal to come back and play with the Sacramento Kings. I mean, um, 
you know, that is interesting in that when you look at the Kings, they got some things going on there. They were a team that made the, that was on the cusp of really making a jump last year where I think this year is it really going to be a jump. You got the new head coach. They got a lot of positive things going on. With all these players, like I said, these are all verbal agreements. Nothing is binding. As, as far as I know, all these players can sit there and say, oh, I changed my mind at the last second. I'm going to this team instead. But it looks like these were the destinations of where the players wanted to go. So barring anything unforeseen, these players wanted to go and and they want to sign these presumptive contracts when they can after the period is over, the moratorium. Now, the number one free agent that's still available is your Kawhi Leonard. He's still available to sign with whomever, so that is interesting. And uh, I wonder where he's going to go. I think, personally, it's going to come down to the Clippers and Toronto. I think it's going to be hard to leave a nation of... Toronto fans, but in the NBA, nothing shocks me anymore. Nothing at all. Uh, real quick, I just wanted to go through some other guys, some secondary level guys that probably weren't as great, but interesting that they did wind up there. Um, Rudy Gay's decided to re-sign with the Spurs. Dame Dollar Lillard. Listen to this, y'all. He received, or reportedly will agree to sign. Let me just just take a breath when I say this. Six years, 258 M's. When I say M's, that stands for million. When you tell me I'm getting 258 million, that's that Lil Nas X song. Can't nobody tell me nothing. 258 million. Look, the Blazers aren't winning the title next year. I don't know if they could win the title with the roster that they have. But Dame Dollar said, you're going to either pay me or I'm gone. And they paid that man. Healthy. Might I add, healthy. Phoenix Suns agreed to a deal with Ricky Rubio. So he leaves the Jazz and he goes to the Phoenix Suns. That's a nice situation there. They got a guard that could literally now, with Cam Johnson, Booker on the perimeters, you could really get money. And DeAndre Ayton needs to develop, but that's going to be key. Oklahoma City Thunder, I mean, they set to have uh, Mike Muscala join them. So we'll, we'll see if that, like I said, after the moratorium, to see if that happens. What else do we have? Pat Beverly is going to resign with the L.A. Clippers. Yes, I'm still here. Now, one thing I wanted to say. With the Philadelphia 76ers letting Jimmy Butler go and acquiring the services of Al Horford, for me, what this tells me is is that they're expecting Ben Simmons to make a big jump next year. Because last year in the playoffs, when the fourth quarter started, Jimmy Butler was the primary ball handler. That's why I say, you know, it was big for them to trade Butler because they literally told Ben Simmons, you wait in the post and with your height, you either get the ball off the board, the glass, put it back in, or we'll give it to you in the post. What that tells me is now they're expecting Ben Simmons to not only be able to shoot and make the three, shoot and make jumpers, that free throw situation is also going to improve. I don't know if it is, 
But for the 76ers, that's what that's that's what letting Jimmy Butler go. That's the sign that I'm receiving by doing that. Um, you know, Reggie Bullock is also reportedly going to join the Knicks too. Nice perimeter defender because he's a three D. Could shoot the three, defend the perimeter. Um, Lamb is also headed to um, to the Panthers. He left the Hornets. Lamb is a nice addition. Now you got Brogdon, Lamb, Oladipo. That's a nice thing that they got going on there. Derrick Rose, former MVP of the Chicago Bulls, will sign a two-year deal with the Detroit Pistons. Thaddeus Young headed to the Chicago Bulls. I think that's a solid situation for Thaddeus Young. He's a building block, building block type of player. Player that can, you know, nice transition player. Solid, steady. You know what you're going to get out of him. Terry Rozier with Kemba Walker going to the Boston. Terry Rozier has gotten traded to the Hornets. That's going to be very interesting to see how that works out for the Hornets and Rozier. And, you know, for right now, that's about it for all the big-time players and players in, in the league that will uh, allegedly, after the moratorium, sign their deals. So that's what is going on in the NBA. Uh, those are my thoughts and opinions on the players that are moving and what the signs are for certain teams. Let me give you my positive quote of the day before we end this episode. And my positive quote is, the more you depend on someone else for your happiness, the more they control the degree of your sadness. The more you depend on someone else for your happiness, the more they can control the degree of your sadness. Thank you for listening. Bye-bye, everybody.